Let's talk digital. We are at the cutting edge of digital tweaks, changes, transformation. A local digital marketing podcast. Conversing with industry experts and giving excerpts about the exceptional. Hosted by Audrey and I. Do. Sit back, relax, and I'm really looking forward to what's coming up in South Africa in the next couple of months and years. Hey there everyone, this is Audrey Naidu from Let's Talk Digital. My guest today is Precious Anduli, Marketing Executive for Discovery Insure, and she's going to be talking to us about their digital transformation journey and the progress made to date. You're going to love this episode, so stick around for the entire thing. By the way, if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow the show. We have some great content coming your way. We are incredibly excited for the lineup we have planned for you in the next coming weeks. So let's get back to today's conversation. Welcome to the podcast, Precious. Great to have you with us. Thanks, Audrey. From what I understand, this is your first podcast. Yes, it's my first. I mean, I do a lot of media, but not not a podcast. So just a function of the times, I guess. Well, you've been on TV, radio. (laughs) Why not add another audio platform to it? Exactly. I mean, and it's a growing platform. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. So Precious, I think we've got lots to talk about today, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation. From what I understand, you started off in actuarial science. But how did you end up in marketing? Yeah, I mean, I get that question a lot. I'm sure. (laughs) But actually, it's not that strange. Well, I mean, I guess it is uncommon, but I'm not the first person to do it in discovery. Um, But I want to answer this question, I guess, in three parts. The first is, as I said, for me, I don't think it's, 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 it's a natural progression of my career from a background perspective. But I also think the way people view careers is, is changing, you know, in terms of, you know, what you study is only really a base. It enables you, you know. I mean, so uh, obviously actuarial science is a great base, particularly for insurance. It helps you to understand the business, understand the numbers. It helps you to problem solve, uh, which is critical in any kind of role that you, that you occupy. Um, from a background perspective, I started my formative years. I did product development, um, actually within like the investment space, but of a life company. Uh, effectively, I did that for about four and a half years. I then did my MBA. So that's another thing is that like I have multiple kind of qualifications. And so it's not just actuarial science. I have an MBA. I have an honors in financial analysis and portfolio management. And I've recently completed an executive course uh, from the Northwestern University or Kellogg School of Management, uh, focusing on, on marketing, um, which is critical for me because I, I think, you know, as you enter new roles, I mean, I think that's what we're moving towards from a career strategy perspective. It's about growing skill set, growing exposure. Um, I also just I, I like enjoying the roles that I do and 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 growing accountability and responsibility. That's what I've tried to optimize for, you know, skills, exposure, growth um, and all of these roles. So I started in product development, as I said, I moved on to when I started my MBA, I actually moved on to corporate strategy because I actually wanted a broader view of the business. Uh, so this role was focusing particularly on market intelligence and strategic intelligence, helping our exco at the time uh, in terms of informing their strategy for the future. Um, in fact, that's how I actually first uh, crossed with Discovery Shore. I mean, because I actually was doing an in-depth study uh, whilst I was part of a competitor. Uh, and, and I thought, oh, this business is interesting. And I, I didn't think much about it. And like six months later, there was a role that was available, which was the technical marketing role. Um, and I did tech marketing for, well, I'm still doing tech marketing uh, uh, for about four years. And four years in, I kind of said, um, I'm looking to grow my skill set again. Um, and then the marketing opportunity came about. And like I said, to me, it was a natural progression because I was already working with the, closely with the marketing team because tech marketing works 
uh, closely with the marketing team. And so it was just a natural progression for me. Um, yeah. And, and I guess the, I mean, one of the other things I want to say outside of just career strategy, that question comes up because I think people think marketing is limited to, you know, communication or campaigns, etc. But actually marketing, you know, answers one of the fundamental questions in any business. You know, how do we grow and attract customers? How do we retain those customers? How do we, so it's quite a critical like part of the business. I think that's, that's the first thing. In fact, even before how we attract customers, you know, product market fit, you know, that's actually a marketing question. That's why you see in like the big, like tech companies, you know, the original founders are actually like the first marketer. You know what I mean? You have to sell your business. Uh, so, so it's actually quite a, a critical skill. And then what we've seen is that actually the role of analytics has grown. So I actually think we'll have more people uh, with, you know, actuarial backgrounds, statistical uh, backgrounds in marketing, you know, um, whether it's things like media planning, you know, that's driven by analytics now, how you manage leads, you know, uh, quality of leads, you know, because not all customers are the same, as you know, um, understanding your customers, that's, that's data driven. So I actually think there's going to be a growth in people who have uh, a mathematical or statistical background in in marketing. So I actually think it's 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 actually a function of of the times and where we're going to, where we are and where we're going to. So a loaded response, but yeah, yeah that's that's what mm. I, I think. No, that is quite impressive. I, I completely agree with you that marketing is a strategic growth driver for the business. And in order for you to drive the right KPIs or meet those business goals, you need to actually be well versed in terms of understanding the business holistically. Yes. And many marketers, I mean, are reduced to a downstream function. Exactly. So we're losing our impetus and value to organization. And I think there's two roles that marketing plays is value to customer and value to the organization is how do we contribute to growth? Right. And held accountable for it. Yes. And and what you said about data is so key because today's topic centers around digital transformation. How are brands adapting to this new world of uncertainty with so much of complexity happening around us that we need to be more agile with our decisions? We need to act fast or we lose the opportunities, right? So the only way we can do that is if we're well informed. Yes. And data in itself, I mean, is not new. It's not something new because we always speak about big data. Yeah. Now we've got like uh, the inclusion of AI, machine learning all into the mix. And how do you actually start to get smart data, intelligent data to equip you? So, yes, I completely agree with you. What fascinated me is you use the term technical marketing and how you work together with your traditional marketers. What in essence constitutes technical Technical marketing? marketing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I also get that question a lot. Um, So I guess like, you know, within discovery and I'll explain the discovery structure is that we have a function because obviously one of our core values and deliverables around innovation. Um, So we have a research and development kind of function. Uh, so, and within that function, the, the, the typically or historically, the tech marketing role has set in the research and development function. So there's core like uh, actuaries who create the product. Uh, tech marketing works closely with that around, you know, is this product, you know, suitable? 
positioning, messaging, uh, how do we actually take this product to market? Uh, a big part of tech marketing is also supporting uh, the distribution force. Uh, so really what we believe in is kind of best in class distribution support, creating tools, presentations that our brokers can use to that enables them to sell the product effectively to understand and sell the product. Um, so basically tech marketing usually is you have a background in actuarial science that helps you to understand uh, the product from a, a, a you know, uh, you know, because it's quite complex in terms of how we build product, what we're trying to solve for, understanding pricing, underwriting, and all of those things. Because you are going to be the one that takes the product to market. So, you know, we do a lot of training with brokers directly. A big part of our work is also around thought leadership. So, research using our data uh, to give unique insights uh, that positions the brand holistically uh, in terms of being a market leader for 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 our different product verticals. Um, so, so really, it's around it occupies that space between product development, distribution, uh, and marketing. So you work directly with marketing to deliver that end material, but often tech marketing actually starts that creation of the material because uh, there's a positioning messaging job to be done um, and, 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 and building those tools. You know, we create tools for advisors to use to understand how to maximize the product. Um, you know, we write white papers uh, that is used in the media, but also used just globally, to, well, basically to position the brand. So, so that's why I say it was a natural fit because tech marketing kind of already operates in this space between distribution, marketing, and product development. So your current role now, you're marketing director for Discovery Insure. Yes, so I look after now all marketing activities of Discovery Insure, which include technical marketing, but also traditional brand marketing. So overall, I guess, you know, so in the past, I never had the view of, you know, uh, so, I'd use, for example, I'd sign off a TV script, but I, I wouldn't like get involved in that process, you know, or producing an ad or, you know, um, like having the view of from an agency perspective of, you know, uh, how that is performing. So I guess it's marrying the two, you know, having a broader view of, of the marketing function. Yeah, and then seeing how the back end supports the front end yes. is also critical in that process and the value chain. Yes, I yeah. think in this particular role now, I think I have, you know, I have always traditionally, particularly because, as I said, a, a big part of our business is broker driven. Uh, I didn't really have almost a a view of the end customer. I mean, we speak about it, obviously, as we're creating the product. But I think in, you know, when you kind of speak to marketing, you are speaking to the end customer much more directly. And I think that that gives me a greater, you know, viewpoint in terms of how we serve our customers better, because that is the, you know, I mean, it's getting more competitive. As you know, uh, short term insurance is highly competitive. I know. Uh, it's a highly competitive market. And we try and come out in a way that is, you know, differentiated, unique, but it's it's a highly competitive so understanding your customers is, you know, giving the best value for your customers, creating the best journeys for them. You know, that's what we focused on. Discovery is seen as a challenger brand in the market um, because you're definitely not a traditional banking, you know, entity. Um, how is that brought into uh, the ethos of Discovery Insure? As yeah. a challenger brand. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So, uh, as you know, I mean, as a discovery group, we kind of have the same kind of business model just applied to different verticals. We have what we call our shared value model. Effectively, it comes from this idea. So, you know, three, you know, the idea that we can actually incentivize our clients to improve their risk. 
by so doing that is beneficial for us as an insurance company or now as a bank you know because that leads to better outcomes from an insurance perspective it leads to you know fewer fewer claims uh, from a banking perspective it leads to fewer defaults etc from a health perspective you know better mortality and mobility uh, outcomes basically we have the same model applied in different you know we, and we've pioneered this model globally and the idea around it is, you know, we don't accept the status quo. So, yes, I mean, it's not a, a term we use a lot within the organization around challenger brand. But I guess that's that's what we are in, in terms of every industry that we go into, every vertical we want to disrupt. We want to do, you know, I mean, you know, insurance is, is not seen, at least when we kind of launched 10 years ago, uh, is not seen as, as, as very innovative. It was seen as, you know, uh, kind of they do the same thing. And we came out with a completely unique business model. And it actually wasn't, I guess, you know, easy to, to you know, we used to get comments like, you know, telematics is niche, uh, it's never going to fly, um, and things like that. One of the, uh, you know, great definitions I read of a challenger brand, because I think it's easy now to kind of call everybody a challenger brand, every kind of new kid on the block, yeah. to call them a challenger brand. But actually, the true test of a challenger brand is the traction that you get. You know what I mean? So you can't, one thing that I read is that you might not be kind of the incumbent or the, you know, um, but you you've gained significant traction that you're not niche. And I think that's what we've been able to do as Discovering Shore. You know, now Discovering Shore is actually in the top five in terms of personal lines insurers. Within 10 years, you know, we have obviously insurers uh, who've been around for more than 100 years. Um, within 10 years, top five, six billion in premium income, uh, you know, covering nearly 300,000 vehicles. So it's actually not a niche it's quite a relevant and applicable kind of model. And we've seen, obviously, that competitors have followed suit. Now, uh, telematics is almost going to be the standard, which is, I mean, we, we, we appreciate that because yes. then, you know, it makes our proposition even more valuable. Um, so it's, it's kind of the standard. So I think that's the true test for me for a challenger brand is that you come up with a unique differentiated model and actually you gain traction. You build out. It's not a niche uh, because, I mean, as we know, insurance is still, as with any business, you know, you've got to have that growth. You've got to have that bottom line margin uh, to be sustainable. So so I think that's the true test. Something unique, differentiated, that challenges the norm of the time, but also that actually has traction. Because uh -huh. Not every like new player is going to have traction. No, absolutely. I agree with you. I just want to go back to, you know, based on the model you're talking about, it's almost looking at your brand equity. How have you not only uh, driven brand awareness, but in a short space of time, drove that, that stickiness, so brand consideration, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, increasing your brand consideration. And maybe because the model works so well that you don't look at it in silos, but look at it in an integrated way that you're speaking to a single customer across the board. And that's where maybe many of the traditional banks get it wrong because we look at the customer in a silo mentality. And that's where data becomes key, yes. is having that single view of customers. Because how are you going to tailor personalized offers and understanding the customer's needs and what they want from you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, so so you're absolutely right. So firstly, I think, you know, we've seen like in our data that when a customer earns rewards, I mean, that's, you know, they actually stick more. The better engaged a customer is, the less likely they are to lapse it, from yeah. a pure insurance perspective, which is obviously great, you know, because that customer becomes an advocate and they get you more customers, you know, just simply. So I think having a unique product that 
you know, by design causes stickiness is great. So that's the first part of it. And then the second part, um, I mean, I do want to just like underscore that, you know, particularly with banking, there is quite specific rules in terms of access to data. So I don't want to kind of give the impression that we, you know, now have banking data yeah. as an insurance company, etc. But certainly, you know, if you look at, you know, our products work together, what we're trying to, if you're a discovery client, whether it's, you know, discovery life, so, for example, if you're a Discovery Life and Vitality client, you get a discount with Discovery Insure, you know, and that is based on our understanding that actually how you behave from a, you know, uh, health perspective. So if you're a Diamond Health client, you know, you take care of your health, you actually are more likely to drive well as well. You know, and because we recognize that, so it's recognizing those inter, interlinkages and saying that we actually reward you for that. So we try and reward clients for being integrated. So similarly now with Discovery Bank, if you have bank, uh, health and insure, you actually get more Discovery Miles. You know, you have, I don't know if you, I mean, we have those, we have what we call your weekly goals. So from a discovery, like health, I guess that's the most common one, or I mean, a vitality perspective, that's the most common one is we give you a goal um, every month. So for example, you need to achieve uh, 600 points that is achieved by exercising. Mm. Right. Uh, similarly, on the drive, we have the same concept. You know, if you drive well to reach a particular score, you close your ring, you close your health ring and you also close your money link uh, link. If uh, sorry, ring. If you if you have uh, the bank product, when you do that, you get actually what we call a play on the game board. So for each ring that you close, you get a play. But if you have all of them, all three, you get an extra play. So every week you actually get more points and that accumulates into your discovery miles. And you can use these miles anywhere for various types of rewards. I mean, the biggest one now is have, we have what's something that's called, you know, D-Day. So the 15th of every month, you know, you can get up to 40% discount on your use of miles at, at our various partners. And it's all type of partners. Take a lot. You know, poetry is my favorite. Um, Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they have great dresses. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so that type of thing. So I guess we're trying to create you know, this product that like speaks to the customer holistically, the more engaged you are in our products, the beneficial for you. Uh, so it is actually beneficial. It's not kind of a, you know, we're kind of locking you in. It's, it's what's beneficial for you. I can see what you mean now about um, how it, it changes behavior of consumers because of, of this holistic package of how you, you want people to change their lifestyle, their health, yes. their well-being, as well as their driving habits. Yeah. I mean, I, look, if we're quite, I don't want to be morbid, but like South Africa actually has one of the most dangerous like roads in the world. You know, our fatalities are quite high, like in the top three. Um, in, in terms of road fatalities. So, um, and, and a, the key function of that is these key behaviors. So one, you know, using your cell phone, as you mentioned, while driving or distracted driving. What we've actually seen is that when you actually, and that's why we will never, you won't lose points for being hands-free. So you can actually still make phone calls, but obviously not touch your phone because touching your phone is actually equivalent to driving blind. You know what I mean? That's that's the impact of distracted driving. Uh, and, and similarly, things like, you know, driving over the speed limit, you know, drinking and driving, obviously that's a no-no. 
Um, and, and so all of these behaviors are quite critical and, and that's what we see. So it's not a, you know, we don't follow a stick approach. We follow a, a carrot approach. You know, we offer you real rewards, you know, so our headline benefit is get up to 800 rand in fuel cash back every month uh, for driving well. And then you get like the active rewards, as I spoke to discounts on Ubers, on tires, on so really rich rewards uh, in a way that obviously is beneficial for you as well. You know, um, I mean, on the health side, as an example, all throughout lockdown, I mean, this is now I'm 102 weeks consecutive weeks of active rewards. That's nearly two years uh, exercising consecutively every week. I've lost 30 kilos. So yeah. it, it is real. And similarly, on the discovering short side, we see that. I mean, on the banking side, we see that as well. You know, key behaviors, five behaviors that drive, you know, uh, all the or kind of the majority of, of the defaults. Things like, do you have insurance? Because that protects your assets. You know, do you have enough savings? Are you saving for retirement? You know, how does your debt look? You know, these are all important things that we should be focusing on. And, and that's really what we try and do. And yes, as you said because we are kind of integrated in fact we have one brand mm. from a mother brand perspective that builds equity across yeah absolutely so i i want us to maybe tap into digital transformation right because discovery is seen as a digital brand yeah um and your business your products all of that speak to the channels that you open to customers and the way we do business so you've yeah. got the discovery app from a discovery insure when we had our conversations you have the broker channel and then you have your digital channel. Yes. You and, and and I can still see digital transformation happening on both, right? And and we're going to talk about that now. So maybe give us a perspective on how uh, how you leading the way in terms of in the insurance uh, business in terms of digital transformation. Yeah. So I mean, as you correctly stated, we've always been a technology led kind of business. As you know, our technology requires it's an app and sensor. We call it the app and sensor. So there's an actual sensor in your vehicle which pairs with your discovery insure app that's how you are able to see so immediately after every trip you are able to see a recording of your trip uh, and, and obviously that helps you to improve and also helps you to see and then within the broader sort of corporate app which is the discovery app you can see all your rewards because we keep all your kind of product information in one app where you can see all the rewards. So uh, so we've always been a kind of a, a technology-enabled insurer. That being said, I mean, we all have a lot of work to do because customers are constantly changing in terms of what they want. You know, a big job in so creating journeys that are seamless, easy to understand, easy to engage with, you know, easy to earn rewards. And obviously, there are other thing, parts of, of insurance, you know. Uh, we've always had the ability to claim online, uh, and we've enhanced that. You know, we can you can actually, for certain claims have them approved automatically through an AI agent uh, in the background, mm -hmm. we can actually improve, you know, approve your claims. Yeah. And as you said, 30% of our business comes through a direct channel. Uh, so that's, you know, direct to customer, attracting customers right through to conversion. Um, so we have a digital, you know, interplay from, from the beginning, you know, you can get a quote in 60 seconds, you know, and, 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 you know, you can still have the ability to speak to an agent. So our direct is still, you know, backed by agents who can call you to complete the transaction, but, uh, you know, you can get a quote in 60 seconds and, and, and right through convert, uh, into, into a client. And as I said, we have our app that engages clients, uh, on the program and they can claim. Uh, in fact, we're trying to push self-service as much as possible. In that self-service light, as I said, 70% of our business is then brokers. You know, a big part, we have a platform that we call the Financial Advisor Zone or FAS, 
for short. Uh, and that platform has similar capabilities, you know, from the ability to brokers to quote right through to service their clients so they can change, update, cover on that platform and obviously submit claims and track their claims. We have what we call claims view, uh, which is available to clients and to brokers where you can actually track uh, your claim. So we've always had these functionality, but obviously the, the you know, the trick is, you know, with competitors, etc. you always have to improve uh, and make, and that's, you know, better journeys, simpler journeys to understand. And I guess that's the, the biggest focus that we have. And this uh, idea of trying to drive self-service uh, in the broker space and also in the client space, because obviously from an insurance perspective, you know, driving calls into the call center is actually quite expensive. You actually want to, from an expenses perspective, reduce or take calls and digital helps us with that to take calls out of the cost center and make it easy for people to actually solve their own problems effectively through, through, through technology. So we've, we, uh, there's a big focus on that. Um, that being, I mean, the, the distribution space, though, uh, obviously, is, is typically quite traditional. In fact, it's quite relationship focused. You know, before COVID, brokers, you know, used to have meetings, prefer meetings in person, you know, to speak to their clients, you know, gain that trust. There is a bit of, you know, science to, to kind of, you know, selling. Um, but what we see, what we've seen with COVID is actually accelerated that digital transformation because they actually couldn't have uh, meetings in person for a very long time. And so we've now actually gotten requests, more requests from advisors, you know, particularly our tide force to, you know, help them set up, you know, websites, um, you know, help them with social media marketing. You know, we create uh, a collateral for them that they can share on social media. Uh, a channel that they love a lot is WhatsApp. You know, they can share stuff on WhatsApp. So we actually seeing that and, you know, COVID has assisted in that adoption from a digital perspective, you know, where brokers understand that they actually need an online presence, even when they are tied. Uh, certainly the independent brokers definitely most, you know, will have like their own websites, their own uh, pages on social media, um, which is great. Uh, you know what I mean? So I think brokers are also on that journey, you know, and obviously this is complemented with our with our direct channel. So you provide them with the toolbox? Yes. To set them for up for success? Yes. Okay. We actually have a dedicated in the group marketing central kind of marketing, we have a dedicated sales and distribution marketing. Uh, team that works with the individual brand teams for their individual brands in supporting advisors uh, transform. So in terms of challenges, I mean, we know that it's not easy to transform digitally simply because you need the right skill set. It's a capability issue, right? Yes. And then you can have the best tech in the world, but how do you humanize the tech that it becomes adopted and used on a daily basis? Exactly. So, so what are some of the challenges you are picking up from your side? Yeah, I mean, it's it's all of those things that you mentioned. I mean, for a very long time, we used to, so, I mean, we spend a lot of time now, for example, in, you know, testing, you know, something as simple as testing the the, the, the experience or the journey with customers, you know, uh, which historically we, we actually didn't do as much, you know, but now it's, you know, it's important to ensure that, you know, your product lands. We also, I guess, you know, there's another thing is obviously building takes a lot of time. And, you know, historically, we used to kind of build everything out and then only test it at the end. And now, I mean, as, as you know, the, the wisdom is, you know, build, test, iterate, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, mm -hmm. as quickly as possible. Um, and I think that's what we're trying to get into uh, 
you know, teams are working obviously much closer, you know, uh, from the UX designers to, you know, the actual developers to, you know, product marketing, you know, a, a lot of collaboration between these teams to create the best journey. Um, so I think it's one of the things that have been important to us is really putting ourselves in the customer's shoes through that testing process, uh, which I think has been critical. Uh, and as I said, our approach in terms of how we build, we've always used to just build and then test at the end. But it's almost like getting the customer, you know, in the process of creating a product, which mm-hmm. makes the product uh, even better. Uh, I mean, another challenge that we have on our side is because we have so many, you know, we have a very fast and big innovation cycle. You know, we always have new ideas, you know, trying to get them through the system in a way that is actually, you know, it doesn't, uh, you know, cause the collapse of a system. You know, you have, you know, because you're constantly building, you know, how do you manage that? I guess it's balancing priorities. Maybe that's what I was looking for, you know, about prioritizing because there's so much, I guess, that we want to create. You know, how do you balance, you know, what you're creating? Because we have new to product market, uh, but we also have, you know, things that actually kind of are the backbone that have to, you know, whether it's policy systems, et cetera. So I guess it's that balance of, you know, innovation and and uh, business as usual type of elements. Yeah, I think uh, what you just said now, I, I wrote a few words here, which really resonates with me it's about co-creation. So you co-create products and solutions together with the customer. Yes. So the customer is always intertwined from what you've just said in their journey of you improving and growing the business. Whereas you're not just pushing products to customers, you're moving away from a product push approach, but you actually... Um, creating um, a demand from what you do as well and creating value at the end. That value exchange is so key. Yes. Right? And then secondly, I, I wrote your growth hacking, growth mindset because when you challenge a brand and then you grow a growth mindset, obviously your structure, your process the governance, everything needs to work together so that you adapt, you're more agile and that you can move fast, you know. Uh, Because if you don't have that to support you, you're still going to be, you know, traditional in how you grow. Um, You're not going to grow at such a rapid pace that you were talking to us about. So I think that's very interesting that your culture, it speaks to the culture of the organization, right? Do you want to just maybe touch on that? How is culture supporting you with digital transformation efforts? Yeah, I think, I mean, culture is critical. I mean, we always speak about this idea of having an insurgent mindset. You know, we don't like you know, bureaucracy, etc. You know, we we, we want to move quickly, you know, as, as much as possible. And I think, you know, having the right people in the organization who are, you know, behind the mission, the purpose of the organization, that's, that's critical. Understanding that we have to deliver, um, you know, for our customers, that's, that's been critical for us uh, in terms of how we move. You know, we move, we hire the best people to move quickly, um, and, and remove as much bureaucracy as possible, you know, uh, that is sometimes typical in organizations. So that's, that's critical for us. Okay, in terms of the insurance business, it, it seems that you guys work as one team. 
How do you find like your suggestions, your recommendations for, you know, things to happen in terms of digital transformation? So there is digital transformation. It's digitizing your process system, automating it, right, to increase Mm -hmm. efficiencies. And then there's also digital marketing transformation because we're looking at the level of maturity. We start from a nascent stage, right, to your multi-moment stage. If you look at the different phases of maturity that an organization can go through in terms of digital marketing transformation. Where would you uh, peg um, Discovery Ensure in terms of a marketing maturity level? Yeah, I mean, look, it's our structure is a bit complex. So as, as uh, you know, we have, um, I think I explained it to you on the call. So uh, we have, obviously, we have the Ensure business. Uh, we have group marketing, which is actually a centralized role. So within group marketing, there's, you know, the brand teams, we have a digital marketing team who kind of owns the, uh, the, the, uh, the capability from a digital marketing perspective, working closely uh, with the brand. So we have, you know, sales uh, who obviously are interested in, in how that, um, you know, in fact, they fund advertising uh, from, a, from a digital marketing perspective. So it's quite a collaborative uh, approach uh, in terms of how we and and we're a learning company you know what I mean our, our, our approach has always been so you know and and what we have done is that we've actually in-housed the digital marketing uh, skill set instead of you know hiring an agency uh, as other companies have done uh, but that allows us to learn so we have a big learning mentality we can test you know different platforms <laughs> Um, so, uh, but we work obviously with the big companies, you know, whether it's Google, Facebook, etc., uh, uh, and and others. But we, you know, we try and like in-house those skills and and grow uh, our learning as as quickly as possible. Okay, cool. So, in your experience, has digital lived up to its expectations? Has it really transformed financial services as a whole, as an industry? Yeah, I mean, it, look, it has, obviously. I mean, uh, just as you know, I mean, customers are, you know, it's it's where they are, basically, from a digital perspective. Um, uh, there's always, I guess, from a brand, you know, the argument around performance marketing versus, you know, traditional marketing, as you know, um, you know, how do you balance, you know, leads and salience and, and all of those things. So there's always going to be those uh, those challenges. Uh, in addition, I think, you know, digital transformation alone doesn't make a business. I think that's quite critical is that you still have to have a worthwhile value proposition for customers, you know, before you put the lens of how do your customers access your product or get to you and you get to them, uh, which is so digital is an enabler uh, more than kind of your core, uh, you know, business proposition. So it's important to have a proposition, um, you know, rather than, you know, say, and speaking like loosely saying, you know, an app or, or, you know, so it's about what is your actual value to, to the customer. Um, but definitely, I mean, it's obviously delivers, you know, value. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, we're only going to see an acceleration of tech and digital in in all different sectors of the industry in South Africa. So we need to make sure that we are continuously, to your point, learning, growing, iterating, improving the cycle so we get better Oh, you know, all the time. So, but in closing, I wanted to ask, what excites you about the future of marketing? Yeah, well, I mean, what excites me? I guess we, I mean, sure. I, I, I just, because I, I, I got a new phone 
this week <laughs> and <laughs> I switched brands as well. So I won't say which way, oh, but, okay. um, and it was just interesting about, you know, like almost, you know, very easily, like, you know, it already knows, you know, my roots, uh, and you're telling me, you know, cause it assumes that I'm going to one discovery place, you know, traffic is a bit light today, you know, so you're going to get there in X minutes, uh, which is great. So I think the big thing is around helping the customer as much as you know it's so seamless you know i think that's the that, that's the word that i was looking for you know the the integration of technology in our lives is so seamless but also i guess the the what really excites you know me and us as discovery is this idea of ecosystem you know what i mean how you know you can almost have offering the best value for customer from multiple uh, points, you know, they can have all their products with one in one place, not just, you know, with one company, but in one place uh, where they can see them uh, and, and get the most value out of it. So I think that ecosystem mentality, instead of seeing products as silos, you know, it's an ecosystem that kind of helps you to live your best life. Uh, I mean, we, we see that with the big tech companies where, you know, it's so seamless in terms of how, you know, they integrate into your life. And I think that's where financial services is going. And I think that provides a great opportunity. You know, the, the area of payments, I mean, payments are so seamless now, you know, you just you know, tap your phone um, as, as an example. So uh, and I think that that is, is, is a really exciting space uh, for us in terms of just that integration and seamlessness, you know, where it's not going to be like insurance product and you see it separate to banking and you see it separate to, you know, life insurance and short term insurance. It's almost like, you know, because customers, I mean, insurance is a difficult subject, actually, mm -hmm. like normally it's quite complex. You know, we want to make it easy. We want to make it integrated. We want to make it, uh, you know, seamless. So I think, you know, that's where we're going. Um, well, we hope we're there and we're going there, you know. Precious, thank you. You've been amazing with your words of wisdom and really enjoyed our conversation today. So thank you so much for coming to the studio and it's been lovely talking to you. Thanks, Audrey. Thank you for having me. Okay, bye-bye. Cheers. We're excited. You're excited. I really value and appreciate your support during this time. Helping decision makers navigate the change and to keep some change in their pockets. Don't forget to subscribe. Follow our Instagram handle at TalkDigitalZA. Engage us on our website at TalkDigitalZA.co.za. And who knows, you could be featuring on the next one.